0: This is Rush Hour with
1: Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Happy Friday to everybody out there, and thank you for joining us on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Five. You can follow me on Twitter at VSIN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. And for the next hour, we will be getting you ready for the weekend full of NFL action. 15 minutes from now, Tank Williams, former NFL safety, current Yahoo Sports analyst, will be talking about the biggest games of the NFL Week 18 slate. I know there's several spots that may not be as entertaining as some of the other ones, so we'll be sure to talk about the biggest games with Tank. And just from a player perspective, how is he always treated this final week of the season if he's been in that spot where maybe you don't have as much incentive, motivation to play because you're not destined for the playoffs. So we'll get all of that insight from Tank in 15 minutes. 30 minutes from now, our usual guest spot with James Salinas, former Super Contest champion, current co-host of the Pro Football Blitz, Saturdays and Sundays right here on And We'll talk about the top plays James is keying in on for Saturday and or Sunday. I know he's got a thought on some player props and some team totals, but overall, we'll see which games are making his radar as of this point. 45 minutes from now, same routine per usual, Danny's Dimes, right? We've talked about some of the plays I've got from this past week. I've added a couple more, which we will actually begin with here at the beginning of the show because since it is Friday, we like to spend this time talking about the different areas we can bet with some of these props. So let's get into it with some of these top props that I'm keen in on for. Actually, tonight I got one and this weekend. So we're getting a little bit of both. We got one in NBA tonight and then the NFL for Sunday. So let's get into it with Prop Shelf. My top props to look forward to for tonight, Friday, and for this weekend in the NFL. Let's jump into it with the NBA, though. The Bulls finally back in action, which means us here in the Chicagoland area can get excited about some hoops or Really, just sports in general. But our main guy, Zach Levine, has been going off as of late. And I think there is a great opportunity for his prop bet tonight with his points set at 24 in the hook. I'm betting this thing over, minus 113 at Bet Rivers. It seems like the easy option because you would just assume you would bet every over with Levine. And naturally, they're not all going to hit. But the dude has been consistent. Overall this season, he's eclipsed 24 and a half points in 22 out of 33 games. He's also gone over this mark of 24 and a half the last 10 out of 12 games. Plus, they're getting the Wizards tonight, who defensively, we know not the not the top team in that category pretty much all throughout. And remember, they just played the Wizards on New Year's Day when DeRozan had that game-winning three from the corner. In that game, Zach Levine went eleven to twenty-two from the floor, knocked down seven threes. That's right, seven threes, seven to twelve beyond the arc. 6-6 six six from the charity stripe, overall 35 points for Levine against this Washington Wizards team. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to exactly replicate that, but you're kind of accustomed to consistency with Zach Levine, especially against a team that he favors pretty well against, considering that, look, Levine takes a lot of shots from beyond the arc, so that's going to boost even more so in favor of this points prop going over. But a lot of his shots also come from mid-range. His Bulls team thrives from the pick-and-rolls, spotting up mid-range. And Zach Levine taking about 34% of his shots, 32 to be exact, percent of his shots coming from mid-range. He's connecting on 42% of them. And when you look at what the Wizards have done defensively, the frequency of shots against Washington. So from mid-range, their opponents are getting 39% of their shots up from mid-range. That ranks dead last in the association or the Wizards. So Levine should have plenty of scoring opportunities tonight. The total itself is on the rise for this game, so we can expect there's going to be plenty of points, and I assume that with this number at 24-and-a-half, that's a pretty favorable spot for Levine. They've given more respect to DeRozan, actually. His is at 25-and-a-half, but I think you're getting a pretty good angle here for Levine, and I played him over 24-and-a-half points this evening against the Washington Wizards. Moving on, keeping it in the props naturally. Let's go to the gridiron, talk about some of this NFL action. And like we said last week, a lot of these books haven't really flooded the prop market just yet. It's kind of this wonky time of the year, especially with COVID. You're getting games on Saturdays. So it's taken a while to get all these guys posted. So I may add some later. So as always, subscribe to VEASAN or follow me on the tweets. I'll be sure to put them out if there's any additional plays. But the one that I do have as of now that I've locked in, Taking a look at Mac Jones over his passing yards, 210.5, best number out there. Over minus 115 is what I played for Jones to go over his passing yards prop of 210.5. Now, you look at his averages for this season thus far. He's racking up over 221 passing yards per contest. He's gone over half in 10 out of 16 games, and they're getting the Dolphins. From the last time they played was week one of the season, Not the best effort out of the the Patriots. They lost that game, if you recall, at home, 17-16. But that was Mac Jones' debut, and he did really well. 29-39, 281 passing yards in that spot. It proved not to be enough, but nevertheless, had a good effort in the air. The Dolphins, throughout this whole season, on average, allowing opposing quarterbacks to toss the pigskin for about 250 in the air per game. And 10 opposing quarterbacks have gone over this mark versus Miami this season. You could also really go with the angle that, hey, Mac Jones still vying for Offensive Rookie of the Year, wants to pad those stats a little bit, whatever it may be. And just for the fact that it's overall a revenge game for the Patriots, want to put their foot down on the pedal, keep pressing hard on their division rival, Belichick against Flores. Again, they lost at home week one. They're not forgetting about that. And they still have the potential to technically, yeah, get the division. The chances it happens are slim to none, but still fighting for a potential better seed. So you got to think they're at least going to be putting some effort out there, and Mac Jones should be able to produce enough to throw it over to 10.5. Now, Miami's got a pretty good defense all throughout with their passing and running. It's pretty even keel on both sides of the ball. So hopefully, from our perspective, The Dolphins can limit the ground game that the Patriots love to utilize so much, and that will force Mac Jones to pass the ball. But I think you're getting a good, relatively buy-low spot on Mac Jones, and it may also be because of what this Dolphins defense has done as of late, but they've really gone up against... Not too great at quarterbacks as of late. Ian Book, for example, being one of them. And I think maybe Sam Darnold was another spot and who was ever quarterback for the Browns. I can't remember exactly, but it was not top-tier quarterbacks, let me tell you that much. So Mac Jones, we can at least have some more confidence in compared to some of these other quarterbacks the Dolphins have faced. So I'm uh, plugging in Mac Jones over a half with his passing yards against the Dolphins. So those are the two props I have officially played as of now. I still wanted to take a few minutes like I always do and throw out a couple more that I haven't played per se, but in case you may want to jump in on it, I just wanted to throw that out there for some props that you should consider at least and have it on your radar for this upcoming slate. And I want to start with Michael Carter, the running back for the Jets. Now, anything with the Jets doesn't seem like it would be a positive venture to go down. But Michael Carter has been a bright spot in what's been such a dark season for this Jets team. And his rushing yards prop is as low as 33 and a half. Yeah, it seems like it's insanely low. And he's averaging 48 per game. I get why it's low. I mean, he does go through some of his blunders. You're on the Jets. You're going to be trailing, presumably, and have to throw the ball. But at this point in the season... You know, let the kid get his reps. Uh, He's gone over this in 10 out of 13 games. He went over it last week where he only had three carries against uh, the Buccaneers, excuse me. And he got 54 yards and then he got the concussion so he was taken out, but he's cleared to go in this game. And the Buffalo Bills are actually allowing 4.3 yards per carry. And at first they started out with a great run defense, really took a back seat in the latter half of the season. Now they rank 15th in DVOA run defense. And against the Bills on November 14th, Had 16 carries, 39 rushing yards, and one tutty in that game. So not great per se, but he got a lot of reps and was able to get over this prop mark of 33 and a half. Plus, if you look at the sample size this season, 12 opposing running backs have gone over this against the Bills. You would think that's correct considering it's so low. So that's why it's something that you got to consider. The reason I'm a little bit hesitant, again, because it is the Jets and maybe they're just going to let it, You know, Zach Wilson just sling it because it's the last game of the season. And what the heck do you have to lose at this point? And presumably they're going to be trailing against this Bills team. But maybe they can get out to some nice rhythm early on, try to get some of that possession in their control, and run the ball and control the clock, which would aid the benefit of Carter going over his rushing yards at a low, low number of 33.5. So something to ponder for another prop. And then finally, in terms of the receivers, what about George Kittle? receptions four and a half it's shaded heavily to the over so that's why ultimately i didn't want to lay that much but minus the buck 60 is what we're seeing for kittle over four and a half catches but on the year he's averaging over five and getting targeted a little bit less than seven times per game and you look at what the Rams have done against tight ends are really not that great they're allowing on average tight ends to get over five catches for over 54 receiving yards per contest Kittle's gone over this in six out of 13 games. In the first matchup against the Rams, racked up five catches himself on seven targets for 50 receiving yards. Overall, eight opposing tight ends have eclipsed this against the Rams this season. If it is for sure going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, you know that Kittle's arguably one of, if not his favorite target. And you can look at the last two sample sizes, and really last game, you can't, You can't put too much weight on that considering it was Trey Lance, right? I mean, Trey Lance, not necessarily a trustworthy quarterback right now and or a pass-first guy. So with Jimmy G back in the mix in a game where, hey, it may be a shootout, they may be playing from behind, if they can't establish that ground attack immediately, they're going to have to get the passing game utilized as soon as possible, and George Kittle is their guy to do so right next to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. But really, Kittle is his main guy that he loves. So that's why you're seeing a steep price And that's ultimately why I'm staying away. I do think he probably ends up getting about six catches, which is where I would put it. But I don't love the idea of laying that much if the 49ers kind of do what they did last game and get the running game going right away. And I know he still got over it in that spot. But, again, the prices kind of scare me a little bit. But if you don't mind it too much, I still think that could be a good option looking at Kittle over four and a half receptions. But all in all, folks, the two props that we are rolling with as of now, Zach Levine, over 24.5 points tonight in the NBA against the Wizards. And then we got Mac Jones, over 210.5 passing yards. The Patriots looking for revenge against the Dolphins. We're keeping it up in the NFL Week 18 preview. Tank Williams, former NFL safety, joining us next. His best bets right here on Rush Show. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got CityCasts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and to get hooked up several episodes a week, Great local sports betting content. Welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino. Getting excited for the final week of the regular season in the NFL and a strange week at that because, you know, us handicappers. Try to get into the mindset of some of these players. I mean, we do it consistently, but especially at this point in the season, what's the incentive, the motivation for some of these teams who have been eliminated from the postseason? And we figured, well, let's talk to a former player and get that perspective. So Tank Williams joining us now at Tank Williams13 on the tweets, contributor, uh fantasy analyst, and much more over at Yahoo Sports Tank. Appreciate you making some time, my man. So kind of like I was just saying, I I mean, you've had that experience in the NFL. How should people look to gauge some of these games because of that mindset, saying, Hey, we're on a team, we know we've been eliminated. What is that effort standpoint from some of those players and overall the teams that their season is kind of, I don't want to say worthless, but in a situation where maybe the coach is out of the mix? Players are going to be moved around. How do you handicap that?
4: Well, there are always factors that, you know, the fans may not be aware of. There may be some players that have incentives involved in their contract where they may need. Additional sacks, interceptions, or performance performance bonuses that may, you know, allow them to get a little extra cash, and so that's motivation right there. I mean, I will admit that a lot of guys who are playing on teams that aren't in the playoff race, primarily, especially if they're in the contract year, they're trying to get off the field healthy, and so in that instance, you may see guys who may not go and attack run plays and all that stuff. Like, I mean, obviously, they're going to try to win the game and try to execute their each play because you are what you put on tape. So you don't want to put bad tape out there. Yet at the same time, you're trying to protect your body because you know the most important thing is going into the offseason healthy so you can sign a a longer deal, either with that same team or with another squad moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what a lot of people like to seek out for the props, too, with some of those players reaching for those incentives and kind of adding to that same conversation in a sense, Tank. I mean – Even if a team is eliminated from the playoffs, I feel like now that they have the division games at the end of the year, some of these teams can play spoilers. So I feel like that's enough motivation to go out there and try to, you know, screw another team out of their playoffs. For example, I mean, look at the Falcons and the Saints, right? I mean, if Atlanta beats the Saints, their season's over. And does that give the players and the team overall enough motivation to give everything they got in that game so they can go, ah, we ended your season just like us?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially when you talk about the Falcons and the Saints, like I'm from Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, I'm actually home right now visiting my family because I couldn't make it for Christmas and like Saints and Falcons fans hate each other. Like, I mean, I guess you always hear about these rivalries and stuff and you're familiar with the ones like the Bears and and, you know, the Vikings and all that stuff like in your specific areas, but like these saints fans i mean we have saints and falcons fans that live here in my hometown and they just get down and bout it about their <laughs> squads and so for the falcons to go into new orleans and beat the saints in the dome but we have to note that that was trevor simeon starting that game so now they have to go to atlanta with Taysom hill healthy alvin Kamara, with the playoffs on the line if they win and the rams can beat the 49ers then the saints are back in the playoffs so there's going to be a lot of motivation for the saints but then also the Falcons are going to be, you know, pretty motivated to knock them out. And so I feel like it's going to come on the Saints running game and passing the ball enough to win. We know that the Falcons can be had in the slot, so they don't have to try to attack the slot position on the Falcons' defense. And that at the same time, like, the Saints have to limit big plays. Like, Colorado Patterson wore them out in that game that they played in New Orleans, and that was the way they were able to go down and kick that field goal at the end. So Saints' defense has to keep bowing up. And beating down opposing offenses like they've been doing down the stretch with Taysom Hill, and then Taysom, if he's going to do it in the playoffs, hey, might as well start now, make competent plays in the running pass game, lean on Alvin Kamara, and you know if the Rams help you out, then you may end up in the Super uh, in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and this is going to be one of the more fascinating games, and we're seeing this line come down in favor of Atlanta. It was like four and a half, and now we're seeing three and a half. Now the Saints could end up getting the job done at the end of the day, but it does feel like it could come down to a field goal. How would you attack that spread with the Saints laying three in the hook?
4: Oh, man. I mean, it's interesting because both of these teams have had their issues scoring, and yet at the same time, we can always see an ugly shootout between between these teams as well. (laughs) But the one thing that you always notice is that a lot of times the second time teams will play, it tends to be a little bit different than the first time. And so even though we saw a lot of points scored in that first matchup, I would look to this one to be a lower-scoring affair just because that's what the Saints have leaned on. They've leaned on not allowing opposing offenses, scoring a lot of points against them, to try to keep Taysom Hill and that offense in the game because they know they're not going to have as many explosive pass plays down the field where if Jameis was in there or Drew Brees is still the quarterback. They know that this is a run-first offense leaning on the two-headed monster of Kamar and Taysom Hill. And so from that standpoint, looking at the game from that macro level, I expect it to be a lower scoring game. And then, yeah, you end up playing within that small window of minus three, plus three, and all that. I mean, it's going to be right there when it comes down to the end. So I probably take something around the the over and the under versus trying to mess with that spread.
3: Yeah,
1: I was looking at that earlier today, and I had the same thought process as you. And naturally, the total's already adjusted. It's at 40, so I'm like, ah, it's kind of too low. But it would not surprise yeah. me if it still just stays way under that. You're right. So I'm in the same line of thinking with you in that matchup. What are you thinking for this AFC North game, though? Because this spread has gone back and forth, and now we know it's going to be Tyler Huntley starting for the Ravens, and you're seeing the spread now down to 3.5. And And both teams technically still have their playoff hopes alive, although really hard for them to actually get in. And Baltimore's a a 3.5-point favorite tank, another short total of 41. What do you expect to see in Baltimore between the Ravens and Steelers?
4: I mean, this is a game where it's pretty interesting. I really didn't know what to expect from Tyler Huntley when he filled in for Lamar Jackson against the Green Bay Packers. Yet going against a really good defense, like that offense really didn't miss a beat. He wore them out using Mark Andrews. We know that Marquise Brown is getting healthier. He has Bateman on the opposite side. And so he has some weapons in the past game. And, you know, Devonta Freeman and uh, Latavius Murray, they've been, you know, solid feelings at the running back position that he can use his legs just like Lamar. He's not as dynamic as Lamar, but he can still do everything that that offense needs. Yet, at the same time, Pittsburgh offense, they've seen the struggle at times, and then all of a sudden when they need him, Big Ben in that passing game comes to life. But I just don't know if they have enough left. It seems like the Steelers may have put so much into that last out and trying to make sure that they send Big Ben out the right way at home. And yeah, they still have a chance to make it to the playoff, slim chance, just like the Ravens. I just don't know if they're going to have enough to go into Pittsburgh. I mean, to go into Baltimore and try to pull this game off. So I would probably lean Ravens, even though I know that they're going to have Tyler Huntley at quarterback and not Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah, you're right, too. I mean, that send-off for Big Ben, it just seems like everything was invested into that, and now you got to ask him to go on the road against a division rival to do it again, so it could be a tough task. I, I see your line of thinking there, and you're right. I mean, look, Tyler Huntley is still very skilled, and he can do just as, arguably as much as Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson's in his own level, but Tyler Huntley has very similar skill sets, and you're right, he put up a hell of a fight against the Packers. We saw what he did to my Bears. I was at that game, and it uh, didn't go too well yeah. for Chicago, so we'll see if he can take care of the Steelers. Tank, that we got a big game out on the West Coast. Tell us about the 49ers and Rams here. San Fran catching four in the hook. Totals at 44 and a half. San Fran needs to win, or if the Falcons beat the Saints, they're in. But you got to think they need to rely on themselves more than Atlanta. You think they could take care of business against Stafford and company?
4: It's crazy that the 49ers are actually going for a six straight win against the Rams. Like, that's almost unbelievable to me and the niners are actually talking with that swag too i saw an interview with killer earlier today and he was just talking about how they're going to come out and try to be the most physical team that is going to be a body bag game and i'm like yo like it's at the point now where the 49ers just feel like whenever they step between those white lines that they're just going to dominate the the rams and that's a crazy feeling to have as a team that just seems to have like some mental advantage and physical advantage over a team and at the same time, like, in order for the Rams to get to a point to where they can win a Super Bowl, you need to kind of get past your demons. And for them, the right. the number one demon is the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, that's a team that you face twice a year. And to this point, like, for the past five games, you have been unable to beat them. They beat your head in each time that you face them. So <laughs> I think this is going to be a game. I'm not sure who's going to
0: This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs>
1: VEASAN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting gear ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. So sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com, along with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Check it out, vsun.com slash big deal. That's vsun.com slash big deal to sign up today. Welcome back to it right here on v the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, on this Friday evening. Thank you for joining in. Hopefully we're getting you squared away for the upcoming and final slate of the NFL regular season which means since it is Friday we got to talk to our main man James Salinas out in the Mile High City at Rounding again where you can follow him on Twitter catch him co-hosting the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSN Saturdays and Sunday nights he's a former Super Contest champ so I'm telling you listen to what the man says he's been crushing it this year per usual James tell us about the game out in your neck of the woods You got the Broncos and the Chiefs what usually would be an exciting game, maybe not as exciting for Broncos fans. Chiefs fans, a little bit different story, and we're seeing the Chiefs as an 11-point favorite. This total is at 45. Uh, What do you think happens in this game? What betting angle are you seeking out?
5: Danny, I think if you want to get the Chiefs, get it now while it's climbing. I see it climbing up to 11. Now, being here in Colorado, usually you're going to see a different number here for the local team, but I think the books are going to continue to fire this game up in favor of the chiefs because now this fan base has really turned on this denver broncos team as have some of the players against the coaches it's just this team right now is a complete wreck on off the field on the field in the club in the locker room how are they going to show up and that's the i think that's always the challenge right now going into this final week of the nfl season we do this every year danny right where we're have to factor in what is the motive? What do these teams have to play for? And I think that's what we're looking at here with the Denver Broncos. What does this team have to play for? This is a team that really over the last – you saw it last week, and I've been fading the Broncos the last few weeks here, and we saw that come to fruition against this, the L.A. Chargers. Just not much of an effort from the Denver Broncos. We're thinking about the offensive side with now with – Uh, Drew Locke being at the quarterback position, the offensive line is really banged up, and there's just no trust from this team within Drew Locke to be able to make plays consistently, to stay competitive within games, and that's why that number's sitting where it is. And then on the other side of the field for the Denver Broncos, the defense. The defense has been carrying this team all season long. We know Vic Fangio, tremendous defensive coordinator. Maybe not so much when it comes to head coaching, acumen, making in-game decisions and utilizing timeouts and when to throw the red challenge flag, those types of things. But as far as defensive prowess goes, absolutely. he's He is a guru when it comes to that side, of the, that side of the ball. But this team is really beat up and banged up. They've been banged up at the linebacker position all season long, Danny. A lot of second stringers, a lot of third stringers, a lot of practice squad players have had to fill in the second half of the season. And now that's what we've reverted to here with the secondary. And I think that's where the matchup really here favors the Chiefs in the passing game. The Broncos secondary really beat up Kareem Jackson. Starting safety, not going to play in this contest. Season's finished. Cornerbacks, certain Darby, as well as Harrison, they're all out of this game, too. So you've got a lot of backups having to step into these corner roles. And you're going to go place a Chiefs team that – I think really kind of a, was embarrassed about their second half performance against on the road in that loss to Cincinnati, both defensively and offensively, where they really got shut down offensively in that second half. I think that's where here we're going to see Tyree kill, and that's where I'm going to go with this. You know me, Danny. I think we've been on the air long enough. I don't lay big numbers like that in the NFL. When we're sitting at 11. It'd be the Chiefs or no other play for me when it comes to the side. But I like the Ty- Tyree Kill and his his receiving yard prop, and there is a prop on him. It's been fluctuating between 61 to 63. Currently, it's sitting at 63. I got it at 61 and a half to go over. Now, I know he hasn't done very well the last two weeks. He's had plenty of targets, but really just hasn't been able to to exceed his pass his, his yardage in those games. Only 59 yards the last two games. I think the Chiefs want to get him going, and they need to get him going to roll into the playoffs. And this is the perfect matchup, not only against a banged-up defensive secondary for the Denver Broncos, but also a team that's checked out on the season.
1: Yeah, I, and the thing about this Tyree kill prop, too, James, because I, I was telling you all fair, I was almost looking into that one a little bit earlier is you haven't seen as much consistency out of Tyreek Hill, which is kind of strange, but at the same time, you're getting more so of a by-low spot on him. Heck, I remember when his props were upwards into the 90s, like last year and the year before, and now you could get him as low as like 61, 61 and a half as you alluded to. And also because of this Denver team kind of checking out secondary, not fully there, could be a great effort out of Tyreek Hill in this game. So I'm with you. I like the over with Tyreek Hill against that Broncos, banged up secondary. Uh, Tell us about this next game, though. You know, we talk about high spreads. You're not going to lay it. I'm right there with you. And with week 18, week 17 is what we're used to. But regardless, final week of the regular season, what's what's funny is people look at some of these games and go – all right, if this team has to win for playoff implications, I want to bet them to cover, but that's not always the case. And that could be the same situation with the Jets, for example, against the Bills. Now, the Bills don't have to win, but they can still, you know, play for seeding and to win the division. And the spread, James, is up to 16. I mean, that's just absurd. Totals as low as 40 and a half.
5: What, what are you thinking here? Are you taking the points of the Jets? I'm going to the. I'm going where the stink is, and I'm taking that number. I'm taking the sixteen and a half is where I got it, and plus sixteen and a half in fit for the Jets. And yeah, not because I love the Jets as a team. You know, we know this is a team in transition. It's been a franchise. It feels like it's been a franchise in transition ever since Joe Namath left back and since Super Bowl three. So this is not a good football team. We're looking at a number, and a lot of times we'll bet teams, we'll bet matchups, we'll also bet numbers. And I think in this situation. The matchup is one when we're thinking about the where the Bills are. And, yes, the Bills win, the, win this game. You win that AFC East and situate yourself somewhere as one of the top seeds. Not the top seed, but one of the better seeds in the AFC going into the playoffs. But this is where I'm going with this game is thinking of the Jets and – If you think about New England game last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, what a one-way street, complete blowout. I don't know if we're going to see that. This isn't a Jets team that's any good. We know that. But I think this is a Jets team that has been very competitive over the last few weeks, and I think that's what we'll see here. I think we'll see a competitive effort again because this is a team that is looking forward to next year, but they haven't checked out on the season like some of these other teams, like we talked about the Denver Broncos or the Jacksonville Jaguars, that that franchise is just a complete wreck. I think the Jets have some momentum going into this game from a competitive standpoint not because they're 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 winning football games but the last three contests they've been they've been one score games as the final score think about last week really competitive against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady lost on the last second drive by the Buccaneers offense here I think we'll see a competitive effort out of the Jets plus that 16 and a half and then on the other side that's helping you along with this is the weather the weather's going to be ugly as normal up in Buffalo winds are going to be 15 to 20 miles an hour there's going to be snow on the ground and I think what we see, we saw that last week out of the Buffalo Bills offense, same kind of weather last week, maybe even windier this weekend against the Falcons last week was they're They were slow. It was like they were on skates. The field was slippery. There's a lot of snow on the field. And I think that is a, a detriment to the matchup for the Buffalo Bills. They're the quicker team. They're the faster team, and I think that gets neutralized because of the field conditions here, so that also aids the Jets. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I'm not looking for the Jets to to try to pull off any miraculous upset here, but I am going to take the points because of the weather and the struggles that we saw out of Buffalo in weather conditions like this. I'm going to take the 16.5 in favor of New York.
1: All right, James, we've got about 90 seconds remaining. I, I'm actually excited to hear your thoughts on this game because since of Cincinnati sitting some of their top players, this line has shifted an insane amount. We don't know Baker Mayfield in this game, so I, I haven't heard anybody get involved, so that's why I'm excited to hear it. Spreads at
5: six, total as low as 38. What's your angle for Bengals and Browns? I'm taking the number. We're talking about betting teams, talk about betting numbers. I'm betting the number here. Bengals plus six. Where are the Cleveland Browns? I know the Bengals are going to sit a lot of players, and the Browns are probably going to sit a lot of players. They have a lot of veterans right now where the season is lost for them. They put their effort out there on Monday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers, so it's going to be a short week in that respect. But a lot of guys now that are they even – what is their effort and energy going to be like out on this field here? And I think that's going to be the concern for me. With the Browns team laying six points in this environment where – we don't know if they're really going to be committed. What kind of offense are we going to see? What are we going to see Stefanski running with Case Keenum? have no idea what that's going to look like, but this is going to be a game where I feel like the Browns are checked out as well. Now you're going to be playing in a conditions that are – it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. Winds are going to be close to 20 miles an hour. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, an ugly game from that standpoint. It is still a divisional game, and don't forget – Back, back in the midpoint of the season, the Bengals were routed at home by Cleveland. That yeah. was the biggest loss all season long for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think there'll be some payback on the mind. Yeah, you won't have all the starters out there for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I like where they've been. They've been looking at the three-game winning streak. Big win last week against Kansas City. That momentum, this is what confidence brings. When you have momentum and you're learning how to win – breeds a lot of confidence that's exactly what the cleveland browns do not have this team is not winning not a lot of confidence on that ball club so i'm going to go with the team with momentum even though there's a lot of backups there's going to be backups on both sides this is going to be a low scoring game you're going to give me six in this instance with the cincinnati Bengals and that momentum give me the points with with the Bengals.
1: there it is folks james salinas at rounding again on twitter co-host of the pro football blitz saturdays and sunday nights right here on vcin james you're the best Best of luck with all your plays. Take care. We'll catch up soon. All righty. Coming up next, we are going to keep it with the best bets, Danny's Dimes in the NFL. And the props we talked about at the beginning. Stick around. BetRivers Sportsbook takes football same-game parlays to a whole other level because now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. And in addition to that, BetRivers has added more and more same-game parlay props for college football matchups and, of course, just in time for the biggest one of the season with the college football championship game. So download the BetRivers app or simply go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21, gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1 800 Gambler. Indiana, 1 800 9 with it. Colorado, 1 800 522 4700. Michigan, 1 800 270 7117. 1 888 532 3500 in Virginia. I will call 1 800 Bets Off. Playable in New Jersey as Play Sugar House. Void where prohibited. Okay, back at it here. Final segment on Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, at Danny Burke 5 on the tweets. Remember, I'll tweet out any additional plays that I do add to the docket for the upcoming NFL Week 18 slate. But let's go ahead and tell you what we got here so far that we've played or looking to play on Rush Hour. It is time for Danny's Dimes. My best bets heading in not only to tonight, but, of course, for Sunday. So... Uh, We've been talking about it a couple times this week, but let's just kind of bring it back in case anyone's missed it or wondering what those plays were. And we had a couple of teaser plays. We discussed it yesterday, and again, you know, we briefly hinted at it on Tuesday for Teaser Tuesday. But I made this teaser play with the Bears literally like an hour before the Justin Fields news came about. Now, it really shouldn't have you too concerned considering you're still catching 10.5 in terms of what I bet it at at least against the Vikings, who, as you know, every single game pretty much comes down to one score. They've only covered 10.5, which in order to lose, they would have to do it. They've only covered that one time this season. Week 3 versus Seattle, they won 30-17. to 17. So if you had 10.5 for every game, they'd be 1-15 against the spread. It doesn't matter what the team is, Minnesota finds a way to make it close. You're getting the Red Rocket out there, not ideal for the Bears. I wish it was Nick Foles at least because the dude knows how to play in big games on the road. Look, I mean, look what he did against the Seahawks. Not a big game, but for the Bears it was a big game. And he brings a little bit more excitement to the table. Regardless, you know, the offense, as I always say, gets a little bit more simplified when it's either Foles or Dalton because you know what you get with them. The ceiling's pretty limited. I'm hoping that they can at least get David Montgomery involved against his Vikings run defense that has really been pretty brutal, which can wind down the clock, slow the tempo, can keep the Bears within the number against their division rival. Final game for Matt Nagy. final game for a lot of these players – I'm thinking the Bears could still keep it close regardless of what the quarterback situation is. So I'm stuck on the teaser plus plus ten I'm more bummed that I don't get to see fields more so than for the betting spot because I still feel pretty confident, you know, knock on wood, that Andy Dalton can keep this Bears team within 10 and a half points against the Vikings. So that was the first part of the teaser. Of course, now the spread's at five and a half, so you could tease them up six and it'll get you to 11 and a half. But nevertheless, they got the Bears plus 10 and a half. The other team that I paired it with, was teasing down Tampa Bay from minus eight to minus eight and a half, or minus one and a half, excuse me. This was a six and a half point teaser, which naturally I'm regretting because of where the line moved for the Bears. But it is what it is. We're settled where we are settled at. And the Bucs still have some things to play for. They can't go lower than the number four seed. But with the Rams lost, that could potentially move them up to the number two seed, which would give them a couple of home games. And like I've mentioned before, with all this nonsense going on with Tampa Bay, What would help the situation is if they could get a nice, comfortable, confident win against the Panthers team that is just a train wreck themselves, almost as much of a mess as the Antonio Brown situation, which Tampa Bay wants to put behind them, move on to the postseason, and try to work with the talent they have now. And it's funny to say that, considering they have one of the most talented rosters. But you know, with A.B. out, Chris Godwin out, Leonard Fournette on the IR, the defense banged up. Tampa Bay is getting kind of thin here, and they still have a great team, don't get me wrong, but they want to have that confidence, that momentum going into the postseason, and I don't feel comfortable laying eight despite it being against the lowly Panthers, so why not tease them down, cross key number of seven and three, just need Tampa Bay to win this game by a field goal, which they should be way more than capable of doing. So first teaser I did, Bears up to plus ten and a half, and Bucks down to minus one and a half, then the other teaser I had, six-point teaser, NFC West edition, 49ers from plus 4.5, tease them up to plus 10.5 in a game where they need to win. Yes, they could lose, and if Atlanta beats the Saints, they could still find themselves in the postseason. They don't want to rely on that, and they're playing simultaneously, so they're not going to know the updates. Regardless, I mean, they're still going to go all out because you want to trust yourself more than the Falcons, so it doesn't even matter, but the point is, if you think the Rams are going to win this game, but it might be close considering what the 49ers did last time, I wouldn't argue against taking the 4.5, but if you tease them up, you know, you cross 7, you cross 10, you're feeling a lot better even at plus 10.5, and the 49ers have covered 10.5 in every single game except 2 this year, and the Rams have only beaten an opponent by more than 10.5 points four times, and those four teams were Chicago, uh, New York, the Giants being the Texans and then the Jacks. So again, like I said yesterday, 49ers are a little bit different teams in a different region than those squads. So I have faith in the 49ers teasing them up to plus 10.5. Now the team that I paired them with was teasing down the Arizona Cardinals. To be quite honest, I'm not necessarily in love with this per se because you know the Cardinals have had their spotty situations. Going up against the Lions, losing to the Colts. Respectable loss, but one that you would have thought they would have had a better performance considering them dropping to Detroit. But then they come back with an impressive win in Jerry World against the Cowboys. And the Cardinals still playing for seeding and to win the NFC West potentially. They are playing the Seahawks at the same time the 49ers and Rams are playing. So if the Rams do lose, Cardinals can win the division. And again, you know, Colt McCoy beat Russell Wilson in the Seahawks earlier this season, 23-13. to Now Kyler Murray gets his chance. Probably going to be the last go about for this Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll tandem with the Seahawks. That's what everybody's assuming, at least. So instead of laying the six and a half with this Cardinals team, that again has been somewhat unreliable, I'm just teasing them down to minus a half. Just win the game outright. Still go for that top spot in the division and beat your division rivals. So that teaser 49ers up to plus 10 and a half, and the Cardinals down to minus a half. That's the one teaser. In the other, I did earlier Bears up to plus 10 and a half and then teasing down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to minus one and a half. So that's really all I got right now in terms of just outright NFL games and regarding the teasers. Now, in case you missed it earlier at the beginning of the show, we had a couple props that I had as best bets as well. So really quick, before we get to the football one, Zach Levine we had in the NBA tonight. So if you want to get this sooner rather than later before the game tips off, I played Zach Levine over 24 and a half points this evening. He's gone over this in 22 out of 33 games this season, and even more so, what's impressive, 10 out of the last 12 games. They're going up against Washington. They just played on New Year's Day, and in that game, Levine was on fire. 35 points, 6-6 from the charity stripe. Knocked down seven threes and racked up, like we said, 35 points. So I'm feeling good about Zach Levine tonight. Should be another higher scoring affair with the Wizards and the Bulls. And Levine, I'm thinking you're getting a pretty good price at 24 and a half. I thought he'd be more so like 25 and a half, 26 and a half. So I like this number with Levine going over 24 and a half points. And then back to football, the other prop that I played, Mac Jones over 210 and a half passing yards against the Miami Dolphins. Now this season, on average, Jones getting about 221 in the air consistently. He's gone over this mark of 210.5 in 10 out of 16 games. In the first go-around, remember Week 1, the Patriots lost to the Dolphins, but Mac Jones went 29-39 of in the air, racked up 281 passing yards. Plus, the Dolphins, on average, allowing about 250 passing yards per game. Ten opposing quarterbacks have gone over this mark versus the Dolphins. A little bit of revenge angle, potentially, from losing that game in Week 1 for the Patriots, keeping their foot down on the pedal, want to keep torturing them. You know, they still have, technically, the Patriots seeding to play for, division to play for. Not that the Bills are going to lose, but still the possibility. And, look, Belichick just wants to beat his former assistants, right? I mean, that's just the Belichick way. And maybe, hey, just maybe Mac Jones wants to pad those stats a little bit uh, just so he could get more consideration for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know he doesn't control the play calling. I'm kind of just making a joke. But I do think it's a good buy low spot on Mac Jones, over two ten and a half for his passing yards. So, uh, like I was saying too, a lot of these props still have yet to be posted. A guy like David Montgomery is someone who I consistently look at because I think there's really good spots with him. And especially against Minnesota, who I alluded to, it's a really bad run defense. And now that you don't have Justin Fields, simplified offense with Dalton, Hand the ball off to Montgomery. Let him do his thing. I'm waiting to see where his number is going to be at, so that might be a late addition to my props. And I'll see if there's any other ones that could stand out. But that's really the main guy. I'm going to wait to see where his number comes about. But overall, just to recap, the plays we have: Mac Jones over 210 and a half passing yards for our prop in the NFL. Zach Levine over 24 and a half points scored for tonight's affair against the Washington Wizards. Six-point teaser, 49ers up to plus 10 and a half. Teased down the Cardinals to minus a half. And then another teaser did a a six-and-a-half point bad boy with the Bears up to plus 10 and a half. And the Bucks down to minus one and a half. So those are all the plays we've got for tonight and this weekend. Best of luck with whatever you are playing. Thanks to Tank Williams, James Salinas, the whole crew, and everybody for tuning in. Enjoy your weekend. We'll catch up on Monday for a college football championship preview. Until then, everybody, take care and stay safe.